are you doing today? Yo, yo, yo. No, hey. oh, who's that voice? Whoa, who is what? this new voice? Oh, see, I wasn't supposed to speak yet. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Restart. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Looks it. like <laughs> somebody dropped in out of turn. I wonder, I think I think that might be Alex. I got to think about Smartless. I have to think about how they don't come in until they say the name. Well, they okay. don't know I got who they're now. interviewing. So, no, this is all right. Oh, no, in. you it's got it. Right we're we're good. This, we're is, this is how it's opening. Alex yep. Alex is so excited to be here that he's, he's already talking to you all. I'm so I'm so happy to have Alex here as well. Um, Connor and Alex have not yet met because Alex is my coworker out here in LA. We've become friends as well. He is in post production over at a large studio I that I also work at, and I know I'm being vague, but uh, I like people's privacy. People's privacy is nice, isn't that fun? Um, Alex also has a lot of outside projects that he has been involved with or continues to be involved with. Um, and a lot, I say a lot because even a little is a lot when you're working a full-time job in any industry. And uh, Alex, one one key thing that stuck out and uh, was a major project for you was a short film you made a couple of years ago called Exposure. And uh, I'm just wondering if you want to introduce yourself, introduce some of the things you've done, some of the things you like to do, and why you love film as well. Cool. First off, thank you so much for having me on. Connor, good to meet you. Great to meet you. Uh, over Zoom. Heard oh, a lot yeah. about you from Mr. Vincent over here. Oh, and, thank you, thank you. All terrible, um, I know. Vincent and I have been working together for a few months and have grown a friendship. But yes, so do I have to say my full name? <laughs> You're like, you yourself. My name is Alex Tomeo. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I've been living in Los Angeles for about a year and a half. Moved here in August of 2021 with three friends from college who are also in the industry all just had the ambition and determination to move out here and worst part was leaving family but we all have a dream and want to make it out in LA um and haven't looked back um totally you've never looked back at your family <laughs> no I have <laughs> uh hardest part was leaving their sorry asses yeah <laughs> no but uh worked on worked on set for after graduate college in New York and then when I moved here worked on set for I think it was about eight or nine months just freelancing um, on a bunch of different shows and then have been working at Marvel since March of 2022. Mm. So it's crazy that one year anniversary is coming up and I'm oh, a post-production yeah, post assistant on one of the Marvel streaming shows. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then a uh, short film that uh, Vince talks about, which is called Exposure, is a 16-minute narrative drama that I wrote and directed. Uh, it was also my thesis at college, um, but I made it with six other seniors at my college, and everyone had like a different role. It was like producer, cinematographer, editor, production designer, AD, and I think that's it. Did I say sound designer? I don't know. Um, but yeah, we fundraised <laughs> like $20,000. We had over 1,200 actors submit for six roles, and wow. We had invited 100 out of that 1,200 to come into New York City at, a, at Shetler Studios to do auditions. There's about a, someone coming in every like eight minutes, and we had some breaks in between there in the schedule, and that was a pretty uh, awesome experience. And then spent a lot of our budget paying the actors and obviously production design and uh, set locations and everything. 
I should probably say what the movie's about too. I just realized well, that. Yeah, go for you it. You know what's I mean... what's interesting and, and awesome is I had seen it once before, but then Connor and I both watched it in preparation for the podcast. Yeah, and, sure. Um, knowing its back like its background as you know as a student thesis film, seeing it and seeing the production value, it stands out as yeah, okay. okay. Not only not only was this a student thesis film, you took it to the next level to put it in festivals and bring it to that to that level of a short film beyond what what is normally seen out, out of like a common film uh, from students. And I, I definitely noticed that and really enjoyed watching it. I think it it stands as something that obviously you should be proud of. And it's really cool, the process behind how that happened. I'm really curious, um, how did you make the decision to want to elevate your project beyond just like the university classroom setting into, okay, this is something that might be able to launch all of our you know, careers kind of, and, and set us out professionally. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for the kind words and appreciate you uh, saying that, which is really cool. And Connor, thanks for taking the time to watch it, even no, though absolutely. it is only 16 minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was amazing. But, I really did enjoy it. I, I, I was very impressed. The fact that it's a student thesis makes it even, uh, I'm like, I'm shocked really. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning, I, what I kept saying to um, my crew and then what I even said to the the people the year below us when I finished the film um, was don't treat this film as, as if it's your last student film. Treat it as if it's your first film in your long career. Um, so I just like put so much time and effort into it. Uh, I had a great mentor who's been at Sundance and South by Southwest who helped me with like revising the script and um, and just how, how to be an independent, um, filmmaker. Uh, and then when I finished the short, I never thought about ever expanding it and making it longer. But I remember we were in the cutting room, my mentor said to me, like, you have to expand this. There's, there's so much life to it. Um, and then right when COVID happened, I, I reached out to my friend who I've known since I was six years old, who was also in the, in the industry. He works at the Drew Barrymore show. His name is Chris. Um, I said to him, I don't want to do this alone. Um, I joined this joint. I, I decided to take this career path to, because I love it. And I feel like doing it alone isn't as fun. And I've known him for so long. We see eye to eye in a lot of things. We have the same taste in movies. His his strengths are my weaknesses. And it's like the opposite. Like we have different strengths and we have different weaknesses. So we kind of collide really well. And since we've known each other for so long, we kind of can just like, be like oh that idea sucks or like uh, let's try this in a different direction and knowing gets uh gets offended which is totally. cool that's a, that's always great to have someone there to to say that sucked i mean that sounds so harsh but when you have that it is so helpful so that's that's great right. and that's that's crucial for a lot of people yeah just having that like writing with someone like writing alone is it's so hard without getting that reassurance and when you have that person with you, you have that reassurance if something is working. And it's almost like, like when we finished our first draft of our script, we were like, oh, this doesn't even feel like it was the first draft because we were changing so much as we would go along because we were giving each other feedback as we would go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, to briefly say, so whoever's listening, what the short is about, it's about um, in 1969, a, a NASA darkroom photographer is assigned to develop photos from the moon landing. And as he begins his work, he notices a flaw in a distinct photo, and it caused him to investigate the manned spacecraft center in Houston, Texas. Yeah, um, and 
And yeah. to avoid even even like spoiling the short, because we will leave the link down below in the description if you guys are interested oh, in cool. watching and supporting Alex, and and obviously I recommend that you do. It's a it's a go, great time. Please and it's go a short. It out. Sweet. It's, it's sixteen minutes. What are you losing? Uh, yeah. It's like a YouTube video length. So and also um, email us at once remove podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Let's get that out of the way. Remember, Sorry. <laughs> had to say it. Had to say it. Yes. All right. Yeah. Continue, Sorry. Oh yeah. No. Totally. Um, I feel like people sometimes have a hard time bridging the gap from independent success at mm -hmm. any level to like living in the actual structure of the film industry or, and then we can expand it to, as we talk more Connor for, you know, for Broadway or any really yeah, any yeah. industry that functions this way, because there is always that kind of gap between independent and corporate almost or studio or, or established uh, things. So how did you manage to take your experiences with the, the independent project that you worked on? And learn from that to get a job in the studios and on act and on larger productions. And how did those like connections you made or whatever? How did that get you to where you are now? Right. I mean, I don't think the this short film really necessarily got me a job with where I am now. I would almost say it's a good topic of conversation in like an interview of saying like. What do you do? Like, obviously, everyone in the industry likes passionate people and someone that's driven. And so having that to talk about is something that was valuable. Um, but also just like now that I'm in the studio system, you meet people that are kind of closer in age to us that are also trying to do this. Like we have a friend uh, who works on a different show is leaving after the show to go produce a horror feature. So it's like you're meeting all these people and it's good to have this uh, independent work on your belt because you want to meet all these people and try to make something else and make it bigger. And I mean, outside of work, I was, I remember I was on the plane with the costume designer from Lady Bird, Euphoria, wow. uh, um, come on, come on and book smart. And I talked oh. to her for five hours. Oh, that's and she said, whenever the day comes that you're making an indie film, just give me a call. That so is it's like, epic. Yeah, so I was telling her how I, I write features on the weekends and I made a short and I actually sent her the short and she watched it and said it, she really enjoyed it and just told me it wouldn't necessarily be her that would be the costume designer, but she knows plenty of people. So that's why it's good to always say hello to people and just tell, talk about your experiences. So it's interesting to hear how you've used it uh, for networking, which is super useful and you're saying it kind of like displays that you have an interest that you're pursuing it. And it, it isn't necessarily like a hard and fast, like you do this and it gets you a job. Like nobody at the festival is seeing that and goes, give this man this job, you know, give, right. you know, he's going to be our, our new PA on this production. It's, it's just a matter yeah. of showing, like pursuing what you love and people kind of recognize it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, so uh, for, uh, I'll just comment because with this, that that's I feel like that's very similar to the theater world that I'm in. I'm not in movies as much. I absolutely love movies. We we know this, but the theater right. world's totally the same thing. You can do something, and it's and you meet people, and then it's very rare that you immediately get a no another job right after that because you met someone or whatever. But the fact that you have that person now in your corner, who in due time, it's kind of a, it's a slow burn. But when it gets there, when it lights that, you know, stick of dynamite or whatever, then you, mm -hmm. you, you lit the fuse. You have to do that at yeah. some point. So it's, I, I totally. Yeah. It is crazy kind of how much of that there that goes on because I, I'd never really realized how much was project to project. 
mm-hmm. in the industry, even like on the studio side. And you'd think things are more, you know, nine to five and maybe that's how it functions for a while. But you're there for whatever that project is with a lot of like actual like creative jobs in filmmaking or in theater. And so when the project ends, you have to be ready to get yourself on something else. And you always kind of have to be networking and showing interest in having positive relationships with people because nothing's ever that stable for that long. And Connor, I know you've experienced a lot of turnover on different shows and had Absolutely. to do a ton of that. I don't know if this is a piece of advice, but uh, I, uh, whenever you're meeting someone or you're with someone, uh, to me, for someone to only talk about what they do or only this or only that, it's it can kind of it's great, and people want to see someone who's passionate and knows what they want, but. People want to work and want to help people that they like. So it's always better to talk about normal things. So the fact that I really like music and I do other things, that's a topic of conversation. And then when it comes up to talk about yourself, take that and they're really listening. So that's how I've always yeah. felt. That's that's what I think of that. Yeah, to add to like the whole people with like who they like. Like I remember when I first moved out here, I worked on the Drew Barrymore show. It's, that show was in New York, but they were in LA for like three weeks. And me and my roommate coincidentally got on that gig together. And then that kind of sprouted into like getting gigs through like the PAs on that show and the coordinator on that. And I remember we both got uh, a job on the James Corden show for a day. And wow. it was just such a slow like day and we didn't really do anything. And then at the end, they were like, oh, like we have another shoot next week. Do you want to come? And and one of the PAs that was with us that has been consistently working the James Corden show, he was like, yeah, they loved you guys. Like, you thought you were so hardworking, you were so chill. And we were like, we didn't even, we didn't even do anything on set. It was just like, <laughs> I guess we were just like kind of chill and normal. And, and slowly I've realized, like, if you're like hardworking and a good person, like, you're going to keep getting asked. Uh, this for, I mean, this is for the freelance set life for sure. Um, but then it goes back to like how I got my Marvel job was – like talking to like my dad's good friend that he used to work with, friend from college. I just was going to talk to him on the phone just to get advice. Mm. And we just chatted for like an hour, just shooting the shit and, and like talking a little bit about the industry, but also like talking about something like movies and, and yeah. music and like not necessarily, not all of it was just talking about the industry. Yeah. And he just like, at the end of the call, it was just like, send me your resume. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help you. And then a couple weeks later, I got a email asking about an interview at Marvel and then, my interview at Marvel was like not even asking really technical things. It was just getting to know two of the people that I interviewed with. And then totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. That's uh, that, that's so good to hear. I'm glad that the movie industry is similar, but because the theater industry is absolutely the same, obviously you need to have talent, but at a certain point, you know, when someone is talented or, you know, when they're driven and you, then you just want to see if you actually want to work with them. Right now. Can I? I got I, a lot of that advice from my aunt, who has worked in the theater industry for uh, thirty plus years. She wow. um, teaches at Emerson College. Oh yeah, uh, totally. As a state stage manager, uh, she's been doing that for fifteen years, and then she's working on and off Broadway for about thirty years. Emerson College. That's in um. Where is that? Boston. Boston. That's, a bo- that's right. That's in Boston. Got it. Yeah, I have a, yeah. I have a friend who goes there. That's great. Yeah, um, so a lot of her was giving me advice of just keep your head up whenever the task is getting thrown at you don't ask questions and just do it in a positive way and just yeah. do the work yeah yeah i i would like to ask a question i know this is 
this is something I, I noticed. So when I watched the short film, which I absolutely loved it, I think it was very impressive and it felt very high budget. And I, I'm not going <laughs> to ask you the budget, <laughs> but what I, what I felt was very clear was the vision. And it felt like what, and I don't know how true this is, but it felt like what you sure. were trying to say, you said and you conveyed. And I just want to ask, it's a bit of a process question. Sure. How, how do you get to that point? How much pre-production and how much of that goes into making something that's so specific that mm -hmm. I felt like made this short film great? Right. I mean, it was just a lot, a lot, a lot of preparing. Um, like I said, I had that uh, mentor that I was just meeting probably once a week for about two hours just to pick her brain and just like run things by her. I, we, I remember we, we filmed in February and we locked the script in, I want to say October. And I read the script probably twice a day for six weeks straight and just let ideas build up. And I, I told my housemates, I was like, I'm not coming out this weekend. I'm not going to go to the bar. I'm just going to chill. And I literally sat in my room and just like ordered food and drank coffee for, I think like, like 10 hours for three days straight. So for like 30 hours, wow. and it was just draw drawing floor plans and just letting, I would like, as I kept rereading the script for six weeks, I just kept draw, uh, writing out ideas of what I think would be good shots and then writing them down and, um, and also before this, I was doing a lot of script analysis of just like going page by page and scene by scene. And um, mm -hmm. like from the beginning, I was like, oh, I want a color palette of like blue, yellow, white and red and really express that to the production designer. And I expressed uh, these ideas to the cinematographer and told them specific movies I wanted them to watch. And uh, I also would meet each crew member once a week for an hour. And then wow. I'd meet with the whole crew twice a week for an hour. And we would just talk ideas. And I remember when the script locked too, I would read the script with the highlighter just with the sound mind. And then I read the script again with the highlighter again and print out. So I print out like diff five different ver five different scripts and would read it with a production mind and write notes of like, like, so that's like why like the mother is wearing yellow throughout the whole movie. Then the son is wearing blue throughout the whole movie. And then the father's wearing white. And then at the end, he's wearing black at that last scene to show that he's changed. Totally. So there's a lot of ideas that were just building up and just letting them go down on the paper and reading the script every day so ideas can blossom. Um, and then I do the floor plans alone, but then I also wanted my cinematographer to have a say. So I did the storyboards with him. Gotcha. Um, so I, he drew storyboards and we, we discussed that together. Um, and then what was cool is the score um, – that guy found us. He found us on backstage. Oh, cool. On backstage. On backstage. Right on. And he emailed me and he did like, it was, he gave us like, like 70% off of what he would usually pay. Because we were like, oh, we only have this much money. And he was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. Um, but he won like a, he won like a Hollywood award in California, like Hollywood music awards thing for a short he made. And then somehow he found it on backstage and email me and then um that was really cool doing the process and telling them scores that i liked and wanted it to be similar to ours and yeah and then like like i said meeting with each crew member once a week like my Alyssa, my production designer would be like oh i have this for this person's wardrobe for this day or 
I found like this couch and I'd be like, oh, let's do more like this color. Like, let's do this. And truly it was a collaboration and it's crazy. The producer who I definitely couldn't have done this without, that guy is, uh, he was on top of everything. He's got a great name. And let me just say, yeah, (laughs) spectacular name. And he spells it just perfectly. That's all I'm going to say. He spells it C-O-N-O-R. That's me. And yeah. he's right. The correct you can way. Tell him that. The correct the way. Correct Quote way. me on it. But he was the only one that I knew very well before we got into pre-production. Everyone else I kind of just knew from classes. And it's crazy what a movie could do because everyone became like one of my best friends. And now I live with two of them. Wow. Um, out here. So... That's another thing is just like if you're on the same wavelength and you're like expressing your vision to people and they trust you and and you trust them. It's just it's inevitable that it's going to come out well. Um, Yeah. And it really feels like it's coming from a place of love. And I think that's that's something that's hard, too, because once you put that out in the world, um, the the automatic thing that happens. And I know it happens with. Connor, probably your, your band's music. And I know for me with my book, it felt this way. It was like, I'm pouring my heart out into this project that I'm doing. And now I'm pushing it out into the world. And immediately it becomes like trivialized. The questions you get, even the question I asked you earlier on in this podcast trivializes like what, what you do. You know what I mean? It's about how did you, how did you get a job because of that, doing that thing that you loved or how did, how much money are you making off of doing yeah. that thing you love? <laughs> And when is that going to be your full-time career? When are you going to be a success because of it? And it slowly like gets away from the passion behind it. And I find that that's, that's really hard to, to navigate. Um, it's really hard to get people to res- resonate with that, the passionate aspect of why, mm-hmm. you know, like we pursue outside projects or why we pursue the things we do on our own. And what's really hard, especially is kind of marketing and having people see it in a way that's kind of based in that rather than based in, I want the views, I want the money, I want the, I want the connections, I want the, you know, this. How do you guys, and honestly, like for all of us, like how, how do you get people interested without being like annoying about it, without mm-hmm. kind of shooting yourself in the foot over it? Cause that's really hard to do because you know, you all know, you hear people like, watch my short film, you know, listen to my album, yeah. listen to, you know, listen, read my book and, Lots of people are doing these things, and some people are better at engaging than others. Yeah, if you can, fi- if I still haven't figured it out, so I'm all freaking ears. I cannot <laughs> tell people what I'm working on because I'm so like I'm not annoying. I someone asked me today. I said, "Oh, I can't stay for drinks. I have to go. Um, I have to go record a podcast." Someone's like, "You record a podcast?" And I went, "Nah, yeah, you know, it's whatever." I was like, "Hold on, I put a lot of hard work into this." I care about this. Uh, And I just, it's very funny. So yeah, Alex, I'm, yeah. I mean the best, I think what you hit at home with just don't be annoying. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. Um, Yeah. I think you just have to have in your brain that you're like, you can't just like, if you know, you're going to meet someone like just don't have in the back of your brain. Like my plan is to express this piece of material to this person Mm. i think it just has to come natural yeah and i just gotta believe everything's gonna like happen for a reason and i mean i and then also like we could talk a little bit later is like how vince you and i talked about like the blacklist like that's such a great yeah resource but um i don't know i mean vince i could probably tell that story about how i told you in the car about uh 
the VFX guy. Yeah, I feel like no, that's I, a perfect I, example a great, of yeah. trying not to be annoying. So I yeah, I don't, I don't was know in the LA. Story. Let's hear it. Yeah, so I was in LA in 2019 doing internships through my university. So I was interning at Skyman Entertainment, which is uh, Robert Kirkman's company. He's made the Walking Dead comics and Invincibles, doing script coverage there. Totally love Robert Kirkman. That was Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Fridays, I was interning reading scripts for Montecito, which is Ivan Reitman's company. Um, so they made like old school, no strings attached, uh, up in the air, Ghostbusters. Up in the air um, is underrated. That's a great movie. Up in the air is a great movie. Yeah, uh, I'll check it out. I haven't heard of it. That's a good movie. George Clooney, uh, very Anna Kendrick, Fumiga, too, right? Anna Kendrick. Okay, okay. Yeah, wow. Great. All right, I'll check it out. Up in uh, I feel like George two mo- George Clooney movies that aren't talked about enough is Up in the Air and The Descendants. And Ocean the Descendants 13. is great. <laughs> All right, leave. <laughs> but so when I was working at Matsudo, they were make they were in pre production for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and there was some VFX people like in our office, and then obviously some executives. And I was in the break rooms, like loading the fridge, and this woman who I've just been saying hi to for the past couple of weeks, she kind of just like randomly just started like picking my brain, like oh like what's your name, like what do, what do you do here, and like what are your what are your goals, how old are you, you know the usual easy questions and told her I'm like still in school and next year I'm doing my thesis. Some, I have this script and making she's like, Oh, like what's it about? And I told her what it's about, which is exposure. So I had exposure written junior year of college. Um, she was like, Oh, I know someone perfect you could talk to. And I was like, Oh, uh, cool. Like what's his name? And what's he do? She goes, Oh, his name's Ian. He just won uh, the Oscar for best visual effects for first man. And I was like, Oh my God. Whoa. And so I was like, okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll connect you guys via email. So she introduces via email. I reply immediately. I was like, hi, Ian. Like, if you would have the time to meet me, it would, that would be great. Like, I'm off on Wednesdays, or we can meet on the weekend. And I also looked him up. He also won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects for Interstellar. Oh, then, my God. Pretty major. Yeah, and then he also did <laughs> the visual effects on The Dark Knight, Inception, I Am Legend, There Will Be Blood. Uh, oh, yeah. my Lord. Stop. Oh, Crazy. So I was movies. like, this guy's not going to answer. So he emails me back within 20 minutes and says, hey, send me the script and let's get coffee at this place on Wednesday. I was like, holy shit. So I'm thinking it's going to be like a 30, 60 minute coffee. Um, I ended up talking to this guy for three and a half hours in a coffee shop. Oh my God, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And he just was gave me notes about the script and what was working, what wasn't. He had ideas too. He, he even had like ideas for a different version of the ending and drew storyboards. It was crazy. Really, wow, really man. nice guy. Um, and like you said before, like just not only talking about the industry, when you meet people, show who you are as a human being. I talked to him about like music and and where I'm from and, and, and everything. And I remember at the time I was already out there for probably three months and I was contemplating if I wanted to move out here just because uh I do value my family and I just the, the vibe out here was very different culture people and I asked him one last question I said what advice do you have for a young fellow like me like just getting into the industry and he just said we're not all bad and I was like oh okay and then I got in my car and I was like I have to move here I was like I'm not gonna meet people like that like back home it was just like so surreal having that yeah, wow, that coffee. Honey. So it kind of has to, that goes back to what we were just saying about being a good person and showing who you are because people will hire because you like you. But then also like 
how I got into this guy was me just not being annoying. She was just like, well, what do you do at college? Yeah. Like, what do you have coming up? And then I just was like, oh, it's a good opportunity to express yeah. this script. I think the, a totally. big thing I've learned is there are a lot of people in this industry who are, they're there to tear you down. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, there's a lot of those people. But there are people who really, really want to help. Uh, and For sure. Often there is no harm because the whole, I've told this to people when they ask me, the whole point of connections is using them. Yeah. If you know someone, and once again, it's being a good person and not being pushy, not being annoying, right. but use that connection. Send an email. Who cares? If they don't answer, the cons there are no consequences. There's, yeah. there's uh, people really want to help. And when you find those people, they help. And they'll, turn the door handle for you, but you got to open it. So it's, I, wow, that's an amazing story. That's, yeah, the, that's it's, you always have this, amazing. The biggest thing is when my dad always told me, is just like, you have nothing to lose. Just always shoot your shot. And the worst that someone says is no. And totally. you just keep moving forward. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, Vince, it's just similar to the way um, you knew Case and then just had an interview and just showed yeah. who you were and, and just people liked you. Absolutely. And then, your Absolutely. show, you got put on a different show for different reasons, and then, yeah, yeah, no, it totally, it totally checks out what you're saying. But how how you got to Marvel, you know, how I've done that, and then experiences I had with in the publishing industry, and all conversation based, all wondering, just asking genuine questions, wanting to hear advice, and having that work out rather than yeah. times where I have been annoying. And it hasn't worked out or, you know, like right. mm -hmm. not necessarily annoying is the right word, but you, you can, you can kind of force things or be too heavy handed about things and not genuine. And the moment yeah. that starts happening, peop, nobody likes that. Not, mm -hmm. there's nobody who responds well to that. I don't think, um, right. or at least I haven't met them yet. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely checked out for how things have gone for, uh, for my life as well. Um, something that I, I, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast, Alex, and something I admire you heavily for is your work ethic, but in particular, how mm -hmm. hard you work at work. <laughs> and on top of that, the fact that you still write, you still yeah. have a dedicated <laughs> space and time to write, which I find super tough because I've done, I've done full swings on one or the other. You know, I had very intense periods of writing and getting my book published that I'm super proud of and I know I did well with, right? But yeah. I have yet to figure out how to maintain that while working a full-time job that also taps into filmmaking and storytelling and the types of things that I need um, to tap into for writing. So how, how, do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you make sure to keep up with that? Like, what are, what are the kinds of things that allow you to have a schedule and yeah, I mean, I actually, before you asked out. this question, I was going to ask you, like, how, because I know that you, how long ago did you finish your book? I, I published it in August 2021, so it's been close to a year and a half now, uh, but so, I worked for my publisher for a full year after publishing, and, uh, okay. you know, once you publish, you're still kind of, you're, you're working on it as a, as a side hustle at that point, you know, to, to keep selling your book and to, you know, have people read it is, uh, is still yeah. a job within itself, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, how you went about with, like, dealing with college and schoolwork while also writing a book. And I don't how long, I don't even think I've asked how long you were writing the book for. 
Simple yeah, answer, fuck um, college. <laughs> what'd you say? Simple what'd answer, say? fuck college. <laughs> you said fuck college? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't go to college. I've absolutely not. Oh, you didn't go to college? <laughs> no, I did not. So, but I know that Connor, was a question. Connor is I'm just you, I'm, You're proud of your path, which I love. Yeah. We, we had a conversation about that a couple episodes ago, too, and I think you made the right decision for you, Connor. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, but no, 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 uh, we'll go no, no, no. Anyway, Vince, no, to answer your question, question, Alex. It's your question. so true, though. I mean, Vince, the things that we're doing at work at Marvel, we, you pro- I mean, there's been days where I'm like, why did I go to college? The shit I'm doing is like, what, I, I, didn't, like I didn't have to go to college to learn how to get someone a coffee. Like, <laughs> like, Literally, totally, completely, completely I mean, I, agree. Yeah. Um, it still it helps. I, I would say for the I'd say the for the part of the industry that we're in, it's been really helpful. People respond well to oh your degree or like as a topic of conversation yet again. It's not the be all end all. It's not the thing. Yeah, and I also job. grew as like a human yeah. being and got plenty of life advice from the people that yeah. I've met and uh, yeah. Yeah. Was no, the I don't regret. I don't regret college, I don't, but I'm I just saying, like, because they were on my. I can't. Me, I, I yeah. can't me doing an online that. order to Mendocino Farms was not taught in my uh, cinematography <laughs> class at <laughs> my university. <laughs> oh man, I oh, cannot even. No. I can't even talk about this. But <laughs> no, okay. This is, on college. Well, I'm, now we've changed. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've had people since I didn't go to college. I've had people. Mm-hmm who are younger than me or that, that had looked up to me or seen me in my process and be where I'm at right now, which is pretty good for not going to college. And a couple people have been like, I don't want to go to college. I'm just going to yeah. move straight to New York. And every single person I've told them, go to college. Just do it. Yeah. yeah New York's yeah. always going to be there. And I think there is so much you can get from college. It's, I was so specific and it was just a, you know, we've talked the about this before, too, but the time. And what exactly do you do? I know you live in, I know you live in Nevada, but what exactly? Uh, I, I don't live do? in Nevada anymore. I was doing, okay. I'm an actor. So I was doing right. uh, Bad Out of Hell, the musical in Las Vegas. And that unfortunately closed. So right now okay. I'm in Virginia doing School of Rock. And oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, but I'm based in New York, so I'm going to be heading back there as soon as I can. And nice. I, yeah, so I'm an actor. That's that's what I'm doing. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, well, if, I, if you're when you're in New York, if I'm ever when I'm over home, if you're living in Manhattan, I'm a 45 minute train away. Let's do it. Where, so, where, where get are a, you? Get Sorry, a beer we're, or something. We're Long, Long Island. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, great. I lived yeah. in a, I lived in Williamsburg. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Hey, something something you didn't pick up on earlier though is I think Alex, you admitted that LA's better maybe and oh, has don't you do better it. vibes and don't you do better, it. What? Uh, I mean, oh, I what? like working more in LA. I definitely oh. like New York more. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, okay, there we okay. Go. That's the yeah. Answer. I mean, like Let's LA, like I love the I love the weather and the fun things you could do. But like, uh, I don't know. I just like the the people and culture and um. There we go. That's right. it. That's what I was all looking right, for. Fine. Also, I'll take I'm a little the, biased. The I grew up there, and my family's there, so I'm a little bias but all right. i also like can't picture myself working in new york city i feel like i have to work in la um i like driving more than being on a train yeah. and uh i don't know i like working on a lot it's pretty yeah. awesome and also your um, your industry is so and what you do it makes perfect sense that you're yeah i mean that. i always say that like the, the goal is to be successful enough where it could go back and forth but who knows that'll probably be totally when i'm Definitely, and as always, <laughs> as always, for all three of us, it's project to project. I mean, Connor, you're yep. moving around all yeah. over the place, and yeah, you I just never spent, know where things are going to take you. So I just spent more than half a year in Nevada. 
I'd never been to wow. Vegas in my life. That was it. That's Crazy. a city. Yeah, right. So it's just that's what a, what, that's what role city. are you playing in School Rocks? I am. So I'm Theo, which is I. I in the movie, he, uh, he's I'm the guy that kicks Jack Black out of the band. So I oh, okay. I open the show. It's very weird. The show opens very odd. It opens okay. with. Welcome to the stage, no vacancy, and it's me <laughs> singing a rock song, and then Dewey Finn, who's you know the Jack Black character, just yeah. takes over and starts playing a wild guitar solo, and we kick him out. So I, <laughs> the show, I, I sing a little song, I do a little rock, and then I am a teacher. So I, I'm just in the ensemble, but it's, it's so fun. And then, Sp- and then Spider comes back. Spider go- <laughs> no, we don't Spider call- comes in. His name is Snake in the in the sh- musical. Okay, so we call him Snake. <laughs> Did you well, know the guy that plays Spider? I want to love uh, Ned Schneebly. 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 You know that movie so well. No, oh my the, god, I will that movie's say incredible. It's so good, and I will say the the um, the teacher's pet song. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, re-listening to that in this show and I was going oh yeah shit this is a really good on song. the drums Spazzy McGee <laughs> <laughs> Katie on the bass <laughs> alright alright yeah. we'll, we'll... class recess I'm hungover does that mean you're drunk no it means I was hungover yesterday <laughs> it means I was drunk yesterday <laughs> they have they have yeah, that bit in the at, show. Oh my Connor, god! Connor, something you need to know about Alex is he he might give you a run for your money in unprompted movie um, quotes <laughs> and impressions. Uh, wow, that are perfect, by the way, most of the time in terms of timing <laughs> and situation. So uh, I don't know. I'd I'd love for you guys to like be in a situation together and see who actually does more. Yeah, I'll just do some random fucking uh, Rick and Morty things at the office, and I'm like, I hope, like, Kevin Feige doesn't just walk in right now. I'm the first <laughs> desk that's in our office at my cubicle. <laughs> he just hears I'll sometimes just, I'll just sometimes do an R2-D2 scream. Just random well. noises. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Dead silence, and then the R2 scream just howls in <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the meme that's like, guys need to make more noise in bed. I'm in my girl's ear like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, Connor, I, I sorry, haven't... sorry, like, sorry. Ooh, wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got so off yeah, topic that's a here. Classic. Vince, Vince, what's a, yeah, oh, bring so us back. Oh, yeah. Back. You know what? Okay. Well, so I wanted they're... to hear a little bit about you guys. I feel weird that I'm the only one talking, so. Oh, we no, t- they know about it. We talk about ourselves the whole, all the time. I know that's the whole purpose of a fucking podcast. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, Vince no. also didn't answer my question of him asking how Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, go back. Let's go back to that. I was going to come back to that. I think the reason I was able to do it when I was in school is just because I had been in school for so long and figured it out. I was always very good at school. I was always very a, a very good student, and I was able to manage that very well. And I just don't think I've m- figured out how to manage the professional world the same way quite yet. And once mm-hmm. I do, I anticipate being able to write more consistently, greater volume, better quality. Um, but for the time being, I needed to like peel back after publishing and just figure out, okay, how do I do the actual day to day well first so I don't get you know I don't get burned out or I don't like make a fool of myself and mess up uh, mm-hmm. which which uh, thankfully didn't happen earlier on and uh, 
And I, th I think online school, well, I, you know, not intentionally not wanting to be online, but during COVID, that was also very helpful because I was able to, I was able to uh, times two a lot of lectures, let's just say, and, and uh, figure things out that way. So that, that's pretty nice. I highly recommend people though, like if you, if you are younger or you're not quite um, a working professional yet, I really recommend starting to do some sort of creative pursuit. If you want to be in any of these industries on your own now like start now because it's going to be really hard to first get a job then figure out how to do that later without having any background in that um i can't mm -hmm. imagine trying to figure both of those things out at the same time also to yeah. go back to like you saying using like my short film and it getting into festivals as a way to as a topic of conversation like also just like put yourself out there and try to get as much experience as you can before college is done. Because I remember like after my freshman year of college, I was like, Oh, I'm summer going into sophomore year. I can't really apply to any internships. I'm a little young. So I volunteered like two days a week at a film festival in New York city throughout the summer. Topic of conversation. Oh, you're a volunteer at this film festival. Cool. Um, then I like met like my mom's cousin's friend who Worked on like CBS News, ABC 2020 and a bunch of commercials and he brought me on set and I would work for free. And like I got those on set jobs yeah. on my resume and that's how I got those two really good internships in LA. Um, I know you said like not give me advice, but it, it is some advice for if anyone is in college. Oh, um, totally. And I know, give all the advice you want. Give all the advice. Give all the advice you want. Give it yeah. all. And then Preach, Vince, I was just buddy. gonna say too, like Vince is, uh, you're t 21. Just like for twenty one, very bright and wise, and like knowing about sure. movies and and like just I don't know, just knowing how the world works. I I would say that Vince, you're definitely very mature, and you you know the world. And I think Connor, you're like fine wine, quite mature. Uh, oh, thank you very much. And I'm Connor. How young are you? Uh, I'm twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, or uh, twenty two. Or, oh. For any legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't imagine you just no. go, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 16 to 25. <laughs> that's, that's anything I can play. That's just the age range I can play, 16 to 25. Yeah. 12 if we're pushing it. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, I think, Vince, I'm, there are a lot of people who are very mature, and I think that's a big thing that, going back to college, that's what college can do to people. You it wisens you up, hopefully. It matures you and yeah. it puts you in this place that sure. it kind of smacks you in the face. Everyone needs a little bit of smack in the face to have their own responsibilities and, and have this. And Vince, I know you've had your own responsibilities and gave yourself responsibilities. And Alex, I'm assuming it's going to be the exact same for you. And seeing how you handled the movie and everything, um, yeah, it's just handling real responsibility and i think vince you were you've sure. been able to do that since what a 10 like well i don't so know about I that i, I couldn't thing. make myself a sandwich yet but um <laughs> other I, than oh that other than that vince i'm gonna embarrass you real quick when vince oh, came over do. to virginia uh i was like oh what should we make for lunch he was like you want to make some burgers and he went okay and i'm starting to make them and <laughs> and vince is just gonna stand there i was like you gonna help me? he's like i've never made a burger in my life <laughs> I was like, what? And then the pan like caught on fire, like the grease caught on fire. Vince oh, starts God. panicking. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I just took it off. <laughs> let me let me teach you something. Let me teach you a little something. <laughs> oh, I watched the Gordon Ramsay oh. burger class, yeah. burger lesson. 
Mm-hmm. It changes the game for how good a burger can be. Let me tell you what. That guy knows what he's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think maybe there's something to just having different priorities because I would say the cracks of um, what I'm not good at do show occasionally uh, in other areas. And I just make sure that what I'm interested in career-wise and what I'm actually capable of talking about and being okay at align because if they didn't, I would uh, – be fumbling quite often um i yeah i'm terrible at directions too are you guys are you guys the type that you can navigate pretty well without a map like maps on oh um, you mean literally i was like i'm an actor like actually I'm oh, uh, no, I I no 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 yes. like directions yeah i'm, I'm really good at directions i can't yeah. figure it out i need yeah. to i need to like be mapped somewhere four times before yeah. i had to drive there um, i thought you were like, saying yeah. like like being directed, I was like Vince. You know, I'm an actor, right? Like I, I, that that would be one of your time. strengths, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I yeah, suck um, at it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Connor, I mean, I think I'm hearing a, a bell ringing. I wonder what it's, it, I wonder what time it, it seems is. to be. Time for some. Wait, hold on. A bell ringing. Wait, hold on. What time is it? It's. I also feel like we went way off track because when you asked me the question of uh, the um, the or anything, I was like, "Wow, we we went off track for like fifteen minutes." Um, That's what people but, are here for. Oh but, yeah, I do no, hear I, I, I do was, hear a bell ringing too. So the bell ringing wait, is that quick takes? Huh? Quick. Quick takes. Quick takes. It's quick takes with Connor Vince. Yeah. Yeah. And special guest Alex. Ooh. That's so, what always is, so embarrassing when I do that. What is quick guests. takes? What the fuck was that? <laughs> All right, so everybody, welcome to the part of our show, uh, Quick Takes, where we give you a take uh, quickly. No, so basically, we this is the part of the show, completely forget what we were just talking about, and it is the time for me and Vince and Alex to tell you an opinion we have. It can be... Uh, what we had for breakfast, what we think is good, a new movie we watched recently, something that we've just been thinking about and we want people to hear. Uh, okay. I got I'm, you. I got, I got one Ooh. ready in the chamber. All right, we go talked for it, about Connor. it before, I won't stop too. You. So I'm wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt, and Alex commented on it, and it reminded me of what I wanted to say. I believe that Led Zeppelin 4 is the greatest album ever made. And uh, I, I, I won't disagree. I love that. Album. After listening to it and studying it, it's got, just think of all the songs that's on it. And the fact that Led Zeppelin was the way that they were in the freaking 60s, like they were making this music in 69. That's so crazy. That sounds like something that would be late 70s. Or they were just so ahead of their time right. and started something new. And that album won. It's Black Dog, Rock and Roll. Um, Battle when the Levy breaks, right? When the Levy breaks. Oh, is that That's, on? Is I that, don't know. Yes. I like that song. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Stairway to Heaven, uh, Going to California, just all these songs that are uh, in their own right. Oh, same. In their own right. They're all masterpiece songs. And the fact that there's no bad song on the album and just what it did, I'm going to say it's the greatest ever made. Is it my absolute number one favorite? No. But okay. I'm going to say it's the greatest ever made. What is your favorite? It it changes. Right now, it's uh, Grace by Jeff Buckley. Love that album. So good. Uh, anyone who doesn't know who Jeff Buckley is, which you know he's pretty popular. I mean, he. But that's a, that's a fantastic album. Okay. 
Yeah. So I mean, that's my quick take. Connor, I I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, all right, speak on that, Vince. Um, I don't know, man. That's all down to all down to my opinion, and obviously. My opinion is uh, completely accurate and authentic and, and correct. And uh, Pet Sounds, Pet Sounds is the best album ever made. Okay, uh, actually, so, that's, uh, that's that's fair. That's that's my that's my uh, I don't know counter. Yeah. I counter you yeah. with that. Yeah. I I think for a long time I didn't like Led Zeppelin very much because I felt like their songs were always very self indulgent. You know what They're I mean? Too long. They're all They're too, too long. long. This is what I said They're to Alex. So I. This is a whole thing. I brought this up but, to Alex when he was listening to Led Zeppelin earlier. They're all too long. Almost yeah, every song. Long. Good times, bad times. Great song. Perfect. To the point. Every other I one. I love Ramble On. Ramble On. Ramble On is, like on is such a good song. That's such a good I song. I feel like Robert Plant at a certain point just starts screaming or whatever sound he is. You know the sound that he makes where he's Hell just yeah. like moaning. <laughs> but just like for too long. Every time, yeah, yeah. In every song, but, and that's my problem with Led Zeppelin. I just can't, I can't get too into it. And that's totally fair. I had the same opinion. I didn't like Led Zeppelin for the same reason, and that's why I think Led Zeppelin Four is so good because all of the songs are pretty to the point. None of them mm-hmm. feel too long. Try listening to that album, Vince. I'm serious. They, I've listened it's to it not before. Like, I'll give it, I'll give it another shot. Yeah. <laughs> give it another. Sh- it's not like the ones that. Oh, I've listened to it. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> oh, I know. I, know I have a dartboard on my wall that says Led Zeppelin 4, and I bullseye You get that guy morning. with the sticks on his back, and you just try to pelt him with darts. <laughs> my favorite album's Rubber Soul. That's a okay. Wow, oh, that's, we had – oh, oh, Alex. I love that album. Um, I went – oh, uh, we had a Beatles episode. We had a Beatles album. Beatles I was episode. scrolling through. I have to listen to that. Yeah. I was going to say. We had it. the same number one. Just no, saying. we had the me, same number two. Me and two. you, or you two did. Oh, we did. you're right. We had the same number two, and what the problem the was, same was number our two. number one and our number three were, were flipped. Yep, and so we, we had were the same number two. about that. And yeah, that all right, don't tell like, me. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, listen okay. to the episode. Okay. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious yeah. to hear, what's your top three? Give us your top three Beatles albums, because you're also a Beatles fan. Uh, Rubber Beatles. Soul, Abbey Road. Uh, I feel like I gotta go, Sergeant Pepper. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Vince's answer is maybe reserved. number f- number four is probably White Album. Oh Ooh. no, we're both White I Album. Love, I, lo- I love deniers. the White Album. Okay. I'm a White Album I hater. White I'm album. sorry, bro. Yeah, I'm, that was I'm our controversial uh, shared. I don't yeah. hate it, but know. you know, then, like in comparison, like I don't I like it. Help. I love Help too. <laughs> yeah, That's totally. Right. Hard yeah. Day's Night. They're all, I mean, they're all good albums. Yeah. They're I, all we, we, fucking incredible. Yeah. I, honestly, I think, did I put, I think I put White Album, like, maybe second pretty to last. Pretty much last. Yeah, you I had think, it pretty damn low. I, it's, yeah. of Beatles album, we're on Beatles now, of Beatles <laughs> albums, I think that one is, it's too long, and there are too many songs that just are so bad, but there are a lot of songs that are so good, like, obviously, the songs that are really good on White Album are phenomenal. Some of the best ever I'm written. so tired. Amazing. 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 You know, you know, Connor, you know, you know, it's not like we have to be like Led Zeppelin and have a song very long. No, we, we could have, a, we just have a couple of no, them. Absolutely you know, number nine, nine number nine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, Paul, what's going on? All right. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a Beatles. Yeah, we got to do a Beatles, you know, just as John. <laughs> One of us is John, Paul, Ringo, and George. And then there's Ringo. All right, Paul. <laughs> 
All right, <laughs> everyone on the submarine. Do you think Ringo Starr's best drummer in the world? He's not even the best drummer in the band. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Vince, what's your quick take? We'll we'll move on. Oh, okay. Um, my quick take was <laughs> I I needed some caffeine before this episode, and there was only there was like a Pepsi in our fridge, and I drank about half of it, and then realized it expired six months ago. Um, <laughs> it made oh. me think. <laughs> It made me stop and and think um, what it would be like to be one of the people who tests a product to figure out when it expires or when to put the expiry date. Like, who who's responsible for that? Like, is it the FDA? Is it the companies themselves who produce the food? Or is it some random middleman company that no one knows about in between? Is it just a, a brave, guess? Are they like, it's one well, brave we know how long soul. this chemical lasts? Um what what goes bad in Pepsi? Is it the sugar? Is it the random acid? Is it the the dye? I don't know. Um, am I gonna wake up sick tomorrow? I also don't know. Uh, you know, or is it one of those like toothpaste? I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I think right. you'll be fine. Well, okay. actually, I think one of the things about expired, at least this is with milk, a lot of our food now is so processed that expiration dates on something like a drink, something that has mold, is totally different. Actually, I'll disagree. Uh, I'm gonna never mind. Everything nowadays is so processed that it's expired and it doesn't taste good, but there's no serious side effects to you eating it. So you can drink And you know moldy. this from experience because you eat expired food every day. Absolutely. Right? I'll chug that expired milk, man. Three months past oh. date. Let's go. Uh, Jesus oh, Christ. No, but I, no, I, I did research on it. I, I was interested in that, but... I don't. I never. I didn't know who determined that. So that is actually a very interesting. Yeah, it's not. Thought. I. I'm, it's just a question. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I want to though. Alex, do you have any idea of who it might be? Of why the Pepsi expired? No, no. Who decides <laughs> when the Pepsi expires? Oh, uh, God. 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 Amen. The- Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're here first, folks. Um, yeah, God runs the FDA. Um, <laughs> now, Alex, Alex, what's your quick take? Hit us. Let me hear it. What popped into your like, head? I have two. I have two. I have two in my head. Let's do go. both. What's your one, but one of them? Vince but one of them. But one of them picks so. on Vince. So Great. which one do you want, Connor? <laughs> We're doing both. Let's do both. Uh, let's do. Well, the first one is this Babylon was the most disappointing movie I've seen in the last decade. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Why, yeah. why so? I haven't uh, seen it. I haven't seen it. La La Land is probably top 10 movie of all time for me. Great movie. Whiplash, top 40 movie of all time for me. Loved First Man. I'm like, wow. A mo- Damien Chazelle's got another movie coming out. Brad Pitt, Margaret Robbie are in it. Um, it's a movie about movies in the 1920s. Like, what's there not yeah, to be excited totally. for? And when I went in... And just as soon as the movie was done, I was like, honestly, it was like the first hour. I was like, wow, like all these scenes are really cool and it's exciting. I mean, I'm entertained. And then the second hour, I'm like, all right, it's getting really old. A lot of these scenes don't have any purpose. And then the last hour, let me emphasize the third hour. Oh, I was Lord. like, this needs uh... to fucking wrap up right now. <laughs> yeah. I hate and then the like ending, that. the ending is so bad. I think to myself, who wrote, who read this really script rough. and was like, "This is a good idea." Oof. Someone's got to approve these things. There's the movie was eighty million dollars. Uh, well, at some oh point, my god, at it some was, point when Damien Chazelle is writing all these great movies, at what point do you say he knows best? I 
I don't know. I was that's why that's why I say it wasn't the worst movie. It was the most disappointing. Mm, okay. Okay. Cool. Mm. The other thing is, I feel like people in Los Angeles don't use their horn enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do not. There's too much traffic. People are so bad at driving. I I'm using it multiple times a week. I also like Vince was in the car with me, and I saw someone like about to do something stupid, and I had like my hand ready to go. Yeah. Vince is like, "What are you doing?" I go, "Getting ready." He's like, "What?" He goes, "You use your horn?" I go, "What do you think it's there for?" I was like, "I gotta fuck." People gotta learn somehow. Yeah. I will. I can't text that person to learn how to drive, so I'm gonna honk at him instead. Um, and so, like I remember someone was making a right on red and hesitated and stopped in the middle of the right lane so I changed and went into the left lane because this person's blocking the right lane I didn't honk once I honked eight times because that person needs more uh, needs to learn even more this is the most <laughs> New this York is the most, shit yeah. I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> so what I'm, um, what I'm hearing Alex is you use your horn like a shock collar to like teach a lesson. I think of horns yeah, more like exactly. a taser where it's like in case of emergency, you know, and then you press it. But hey. Well, if someone's about to cut me off and hit me, I'm also going to use it. <laughs> yeah, I, true. Good. At least we can agree on that. Uh, I'll be the middleman. I think a horn is supposed to be your voice on the road. So if you need to get someone's attention, <laughs> if something, if someone needs to go, like I'm the always prepped. That. What? I'm always <laughs> prepped. All, like I'm... I've mastered the soft honk. I, I, I can honk and no one will be offended at my honk. I don't know how I do it, but I'm like, beep. Like it, they go, oh, thanks. Yeah. I didn't go on this red light. Hmm. Or I have honked. But then when, when I want to well, yell, funny. when I'm trying to yell at someone, it's <laughs> let's fucking go. Well, what about if you mix a soft honk with a slow flip off? What is what message is that? I feel saying? like Explain. I feel like thumbs down. I feel like thumbs down in the car is more offensive and hurtful than a middle finger. I've done that a Not few times cool, now. Man. Yeah. I've never seen that. Or that just was... or just straight up laugh at someone. I've done that as well. Oh my god. Just literally yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're dude, a, there was You're a okay, maniac. The, I love it. Yeah. The last time I drove with you Alex, there was there was an old elderly person merging into uh the lane and um I think you – I don't remember what you did, but you did one of those things. You either, like, laid on your horn or, like, said something out the window or something. And I, I just – it was just pure gold. And then later on, <laughs> later on, uh, you were doing an aggressive maneuver that was somewhat similar to the maneuver that had been done. And, and I called you out on your, on your BS because I said, hey, you just honked at them for doing that. Now you're doing the same thing, Alex. No, I didn't honk. I said out okay. loud, I said – I said – don't do it. Don't do it. That's and then what you do it. So there you go. Hey, yeah, it's a difference. That's true. That that is very different because they probably he gave a warning. Did they hear you? I don't remember. To add to your voice of the horn, Connor, I remember I was at a red light and someone beeped at me and the light was green for no more than two seconds. Not, I was yeah, like, I was like this motherfucker. <laughs> and so I let them get ahead of me and I specifically went behind them at the next red light oh and laid on the horn for a while. <laughs> Oh, I love Just to it. let them know that there's there there was uh, a dick move with they No, did. I I always wait. I I know because you know people you gotta, are on their phone. It's like three seconds. You yeah, you give it a, a solid yeah. couple seconds, a, and then the you courtesy rule. and then you beep. It's three. I, I'm yeah. not yeah. immediate. That's yeah, that's uncool. Uh, yeah. You're a maniac, and I respect it, man. That's amazing. No, I'm not a maniac. You honk on the highway. York, you honk on the highway. 
Yeah, because someone's cutting me off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Man. I have that's to. Fair. I have to. Oh, um, I don't think I'm a maniac. No. I just think that's just what everyone in New York does. True. Did well, you know? So for me, it's just normal. You back you know it up by being a good driver, so that 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 helps. Uh, if you weren't yeah, a good true. driver and that and that, then it would be like. Yeah. Ah. But um, did you know technically in New York, honking is illegal. I did know that, but people do it anyway. Yeah, because it's illegal it's, to honk ever? Yes, because it is uh, noise pollution. Yeah. You are too oh. close to like residential areas at all times. And yeah. I don't know the exact rule, but it is technically illegal. But obviously, it's freaking New York. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I asked, oh, I, I asked uh, Ryan's uh, girlfriend and her sister. I was like, oh, how... I was like, do you guys know how long Long Island is? And they were like, I don't know, about a mile. And I was like, <laughs> nah. No. They were like, I don't know. Like, They are like, it's a trick question. 10 miles? I was like, it's 120. Yeah, try, yeah, try 120. <laughs> I forget how big Long Island is. And, I, and go, I, I go, 8 million people live on Long Island. They go, okay, this is a good fun fact to know from now on. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> you know what? I will say this. Long Island seems cool and all, but there's... Clearly a superior Long Beach, and it's located in California. Never been there to Long Beach, a... New York, but all I know is it's not as wow. good as the one out here. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't really – I've only, like, really driven through Long Beach to go to Catalina Island, so I can't really say uh, which is better. I've never been to Long Beach. I've been to Vince's Long Beach. I've never been to New York's Long Beach. You, you're good. You've seen enough. Vince, you'll have to, you'll have to come so you can decide. You know what? Absolutely. You guys are both going to be there and I'm going to fly out and visit. I'm just going to drive to Long Beach and get back on a plane and fly back without saying anything. I mean, the beaches are pretty chill and the bar, the bar scene's pretty sick over there. So I don't know. Hey, Drew. Yeah. Well, um, Alex. Not that I would know the bar scene. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alex. I, I feel like, you know, I, I want to wrap up, but I also want to ask you just another, like, fun question before we do. Um, I'm curious. My asshole didn't answer the question that you had about a half hour ago. And then I'd love to hear it. Uh, you know, we're in the quick take section, yeah. but, um, yeah, I feel like we might have sprung that on you. And, and I want to hear I want to hear if there's more that you want to say before we do wrap up the podcast and that we can go sure. as long as we need to. I, I'd, love to I'd love to hear your insights. And, yeah, please, but please go ahead. With, I forgot which question you're referring to. Even it's been so long now. I uh, it was. I think it was the burnout question. Uh, yeah. I yes. Think it, yeah. Yes, I it, think was. it was. I, yeah, uh, I am very. How curious. to balance like wor- working in. Yes. Yeah, you're like, how do you like work all this time and the like? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We we have a we do have a pretty busy job at Marvel. Uh, I I leave my apartment at like seven forty five and get to work at about eight forty five and then get home between. 7.30 and 8, so that is a long day. Um, but I don't know. It's like I said when I wanted to make the exposure feature, I went to my friend and didn't want to do this alone. And I feel like if I was doing it alone, I wouldn't write as much because I would mm-hmm. just get lazy. And and I also feel like we're writing something more special together. Um, and like, well, I'll always text him on like, like, when, like Wednesday or Thursday, like, hey, like, what are you going on this weekend? And we usually there has been times where we'll write Saturday and Sunday if we really don't have anything going on. But cons- lately, it's really just been, uh, like Sunday from like nine to like one. Sometimes we'll go to like two. It just depends on like if we're have stuff going on or if we're like in a groove. And 
I think writing for four or five hours is good because you kind of get burnt out. Like today we wrote till like two o'clock and I was just like, yeah, let's stop at the scene. Like I'm barely even like, like listening to what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. I'm burnt out there. Um, and it's, I think it just all comes down to discipline. We, we, we push each other to keep writing and we, we believe in each other. Honestly, we, we think really one day that we could get a script made and, and that's why I joined the industry. I, I didn't really join the industry to, be in post-production and, and be a PA and do this. The, the, the reason I joined was because I wanted to be a filmmaker. So um, you can't just become a writer and director overnight. You got to put it out there. And I'm sure you could hear from all these big directors and writers out there, their stories of how they, what they had to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I remember like Aaron Sorkin, like went through like a lot before he made the West Wing and I, don't think he got there until he was in his early 30s so it's like i don't know in the back of my brain i'm like i don't know i might not be able to do it until i'm 30 something i remember i don't even think john ham got like his first big role until like he was in his 40s or something and yeah yeah so it's like you yeah. just gotta not uh get burnt out or like give up and just keep pushing and writing more um yeah. but like a realization we had was like being realistic like exposure is the feature is 105 pages. It's set at NASA in 1969. That's really expensive to make. All right, what should we do? Let's write a different script and let's put this one on a shelf and we'll come back to it one day. Um, so now we're writing a horror feature that is 90 pages. It's five characters, two locations. That's easy to make. Um, so right now we just, we've been writing for the past year, this horror feature. My producer who worked on Exposure read the script, gave us a bunch of feedback, and now we're just... Oh, I dropped my headphones. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> Drop my headphones. Um, but yeah, he gave us a bunch of notes, and now we're rewriting it. And a quote, which is actually up on my wall, from Paul Thomerson, Paul Thomas Anderson says, Long screenwriting rates. is like ironing. You move forward a little bit and then go back to smooth things out. That's one of my favorite Indeed. quotes. Yeah, wow, yeah. Indeed. And the best writing advice ever, at least I learned this from my novel, was finish totally. your freaking draft first. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Edit. Yeah. Do not get caught in the same cycle I did for Ju literal yeah. years of meeting mm -hmm. different progress milestones and coming back down and yada, yada. That's a great strategy to take. I love that you're thinking about budget, too. That's tough because mm -hmm. things I'm passionate sure. about writing – I'm adapting my book into a show and and I'm running into the fact that like oh, this is I can I'm going to make this the way I want to first because I know for a fact that I will not be able to produce this myself. It is way too expensive time yeah. period like historical mm -hmm. accuracy stuff. I'm going to have to figure out how to play this the long mm -hmm. game because you know that that's good yeah. that you're like aware of that stuff and being practical to obviously like getting yeah. an industry job and and working it i think one of the first lessons at least that i've started to learn is just the practicality of um everybody kind of wants to be doing the same things and it's best to just to uh understand that even though you're in an industry where you know it's uh with there's lots of stars and and fame and all that kind of stuff it's best to be humble and and be a good person and a good worker first and uh mm -hmm. let let things take their course rather than uh, getting so caught up in all of that and so um, obsessed on all those details, um, which is a lesson I'm still totally learning. But um, I think it's yeah. that, that's what I'm watching and seeing, like from people I admire, including you, Alex, and including you, Connor. Yeah. Um, seeing you guys how you do things. Uh, yeah. 
I think that's ultimately yeah. what I'm taking away. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the shortest way to answer that question is just because I love doing it. Yeah. Totally. Truly. Yeah. Like I look forward to it uh, every weekend. And, and an important thing we do do, sometimes we go a little <laughs> bit longer Sorry. just without – without uh without realizing is like we'll just like sometimes we'll spend the first hour just like catching up and telling stories that we've had throughout the week and i do think it is important because you're just staying on the same wavelength and like let's just say we're writing a scene it's like oh it reminds me of when you did this or like you remember or remember when i did this like it's just because you should write stuff that you know and um yeah yeah and talking about movies talking about movies that you saw is is another thing that we tend to focus on right at the beginning of each session we have and and musicals connor don't worry thanks all our fa- <laughs> my favorite about, musical I, no you don't talk about your, your favorite, favorite musical i hope this audio is gonna sound good <laughs> ah who cares <laughs> you sound good that's what matters oh um oh. <laughs> well i guess we should wrap it up this is a, this yeah. is a good one this is a long one this is great uh, it's been, yeah, so how do you guys go about this with like do you like cut some things out so it's a little bit shorter than yeah, yeah we're, we'll at, we're cut, at an hour and ten once again we'll we'll cut all the offensive stuff you set out we'll make you sound really good you know <laughs> <laughs> just kidding because <laughs> i know we went off track a little no, little. no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting honestly who knows if we'll keep this part right now in the uh, yeah. in the episode or not but i think i think it might be worthwhile to say that it's it is really cool how we kind of edit the episodes it's, it's fun to uh listen back to what we said we actually don't do that much cutting um yeah. okay there are occasionally times where things come up uh i'm a little more i'm a little more uh what, what's the word connor i i'm more on the end of like i like snipping things and connor's yeah. like oh man i wish you would have kept that in and yeah it, uh, sure. i feel like i need to be better about listening to you about that sometimes too because nah, I, know that I kind of take it off in a different direction I like but the realism. My, my guess is yeah, the realism. I like really realism nice. of of a podcast of like this is a conversation. I like feeling like I'm in a conversation and it's friends and this is friends yeah. just talking. So oh, and I I struggle with that at the beginning of probably every episode. I I always struggle with beginning the episode and I felt it even in this one. Asking you a question early on, Alex, just like I'm coming out. Yeah. Like, very forced and measured and it takes me a sec to warm into the conversation but what's hard is it's hard to cut those early moments out of an episode because that's that's how it organically began and that's what led to different conversations so that's something i'm trying to work on in a episodes going forward too and yeah. uh yeah i mean the intro for ryan was great that i listened to so yeah i mean yeah yeah don't put yourself down. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, and you've been a great guest. I mean, seriously. Absolutely. Just, just the fact that we're having a conversation on the air and we've, you know, been enjoying it is what really matters. And, yeah. Uh, you've had a lot of I great mean, insights, too. And that's like icing on the cake. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I didn't realize we've been sitting here for an hour and 10 minutes. Yep. And this is good. I feel like I got to know Connor, which is really cool. And. Hopefully you could come out and visit and hang out with yeah. the come to the LA, boys Connor. out in I'm waiting come for the, to the city LA. of angels. I'm waiting for the chance. I I really am. I'm uh, yeah. I mean, if you come out like a random weekend, I don't think it really is that much. I remember like I'm trying to we're wrapping on our show in June, and I'm gonna go home like a for like a week or two. And I think I saw like in the middle of June, it's like a three hundred dollar flight, which I was yeah, like, yeah, flights are flights are going down actually. Flights aren't That's too crazy to expensive recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, uh, pick so, a weekend, any weekend. Come out here, sleep on I, me and Lucas's floor. I will <laughs> sleep on you, Vince. I absolutely will. Um, Dude, yeah, oh, no. Uh, well, I'll tell but, you what we're bad at 
is ending a podcast. Oh my god, we had to get better at that. <laughs> hey, so I'm just. But we have. Cut I feel like we no, no way, dude. We no? turn it into a Come fun on, thing. Man. We ramble. You got to do it we, like uh, a smartless. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, we got. <laughs> oh man. All right. Bye. Uh, well, see ya. Thanks, Alex. It's been okay, folks. Oh, it's been great. I'm kidding. Alex, thanks for coming on. It's been really great having you on, and hope to have you on again yeah, sometime and, too. Who knows? We'll. Uh, yeah. Thank we'll you so much for having chance. me. I appreciate what you guys are doing. The show's so cool. Keep doing what you guys do, and maybe you could have me and Ryan on for like an Oscars episode or something. Yeah, I don't know. man. That'd Let's be really do it. Could be pretty cool. Let's do and uh, this is. Uh, inspiring me to listen to more episodes especially the beatles one thank so thank you heck yeah thank you yeah thank yeah. you and um yeah connor good to meet you and best of luck with everything in virginia and hope to hear that you're in new york great thank you man. eating a good getting a good slice yeah great to meet you too it's, it's Everybody, awesome yeah. i love meeting people fun fun fact to end it is when in new york when you're ordering pizza for a whole group you say can i get a regular pie not a cheese pizza oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no <laughs> Oh. Vince, did you know that? I, I did from you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did from embarrassment. Oh. <laughs> Someone just being like, what? Did, what? No, dude. Like, okay, Do you, are you guys folders? Connor, you're a folder, right? Alex, I'm absolutely a folder. A, folder. You're a folder. Someone recently was like, what if What if they think you want a real pie? I was like, if, if this pizza is selling pie, then yeah. you shouldn't be getting a slice from there. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I never want pie. No. No. Right. Folks, only, only at pie shops. Uh, exactly. Folks, um, now I'm actually wanting pie right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head yeah. out. Thanks for th- everybody. Thank you for listening. Please check out Alex's short film Exposure. We're gonna put it in the link down yes. below. Actually, click on it and watch it. It's, it's cool. amazing. It's fun. It really, also, it really is awesome, Alex. I, and, uh, I I loved it. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> I knew it would be right up your alley too, Connor. I was like, yeah, I'm man, I, would, I was I, like, it's this is Connor's vibe. He's not just saying that. He, yeah, we'll talk about it uh, off the off the. The, yeah, the what's more, no if we pause this, you could ask me some more. Uh, I absolutely will. Questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, email us in questions too that you might have, uh, folks, if you want to, and we'll have Alex answer on, answer them next time he's on the podcast. So, anyhow, oh, yeah. it's been great. Have a good one. Enjoy life. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.